Well, it's a joy to be back. Uh, These are good days that the Lord has us in, and I appreciate the power, the Spirit of God has been in the services, the liberty we've had, and we're surely glad to see you. It's good to see all the visitors here, and uh, see Pastor David, he's 18 years of age when I met him in Dalton, Georgia, become his pastor. And we've been friends down through the years, and I appreciate all of the good men of God. And not just the good men of God, but their wives and all the ladies. God is a good God, and I bless him, and I praise him tonight for the privilege to know him and the opportunity to serve him. We're in days that we need to look to the Lord probably more, no doubt in my mind, than we ever have in my lifetime. But God has not changed. And uh, I want to read some tonight from the scriptures that I still believe that we can have revival. I believe that I can have a personal revival in my life. I believe that my family could have a personal revival in their life and yours too. And I believe this church can have a personal revival. And that's what I'm preaching for. Of course, I'm preaching for the Lord. And if the preaching does not glorify God, then I have failed. Because that should be the first purpose. And I believe the first purpose for revival would be that God's name would be glorified. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, would be lifted up. The The world hates the Lord. And because the world hates the Lord, the the world hates you. And the devil hates you. And, uh, but one thing about it, Jesus loves us. I have a preacher friend that's in Mississippi and he just had a help, he had a hip surgery. And he was preaching the other night and I was listening to him and, and you, I knew this, but it really stuck a, it really stayed in my mind. He said, now I'm going to preach tonight. And uh, some of the things that I'm going to say tonight will be hard. But he said, I, the word that I give tonight, it won't be harsh. What he was saying was, we ought to preach the truth. We ought to preach it in love. And what a loving Savior we have. And if you're here and you're lost, don't you believe the devil? He'll tell you God don't care about you and things in your life would not happen if God really cared about you. That's a lie. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, gave his all, and the Father gave his all that you could be saved. And I hope that you would come to the Lord. But I'm, I'm addressing this matter of revival. And I personally do not believe As I come to this, I do not believe that we can have a revival unless we get filled with the Word of God, according to Colossians, and then be filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe that is essential to revival. 
I'm going to read something tonight. If you'll turn your Bible to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, that's where I want to go to first. There are people tonight, and some of them are good people, and some of them are good men of God, but they do not believe that the teachings of the Old Testament can be uh, placed in our life or believed in our life for revival. I do not believe that. I do not believe that's right. Uh, I'm not here to defend anybody, but uh, I'm here to preach the truth of what I know to be the truth. So I'm in 1 Corinthians 10, and I'm just merely going to read that, and then I'm going to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. That's where I believe God's got us for tonight. And so it's sure good to be here. When they were talking about suffering, you know, one of the things that the disciples missed, they missed the sufferings of Christ before his crucifixion. They missed it. He told them over and over that, you're, that I'm going to suffer and you're going to suffer. And they thought that the Lord was coming to set up his kingdom and take the Romans over and then he'd be on this earth. He will in the millennial. But that was not because men reject God and Israel reject God. That was not God's plan at all from the foundation of the world. So as a result of that, we are going to suffer. There's men in this building that suffered and they suffered so bad, I'm sure that at times they just didn't know where they survived it. And ladies alike and across this country. But I believe sometimes, and I know I'm going a long way around, maybe about what I'm supposed to say, but I'm just trying to give you what God has given to me right now. I really believe that there's people that God can trust to suffer. More than he could trust maybe me to suffer. Or maybe you to suffer. And their suffering shines a light. People see grace in their life. God, they see the light of God in them. They used to be a good saint of God at Calvary Baptist where I pastored those years. And she was just a little lady. And she said, you know, we're in a dark day. And that's been 50 years ago. But she said, just a little light will make a good light when it's real dark. And that's what we ought to be. John said, I did not come. I'm not the light, but I'm here to bear witness of the light. Praise God for the light. Praise God for his power. I think I'm on the right track. I don't know I'll find it. Isn't it wonderful that we have the Holy Ghost and he leads us in all things. Leads us in all things. Let us read this. And it has to do with Israel, but it has to do with us. Tenth chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. Look at the example here. Paul is pinning this and he said, Moreover, brethren. So he's talking to the saints. I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea 
And verse 3 said, and did all eat the same spiritual meat? That's where we are in one sense. And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. God didn't run out of material and then had to send his son. God's always been God and God's always been in control. And I said last night, and I think it's worth saying again, has it ever occurred to you that nothing's ever occurred to God? We're just little man on this earth, but we're precious to him because we're washed in his blood. And I praise him for that. Watch this now. This is the sad thing, and this is where we are in a different way. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. I thank God for the remnant. And I believe the remnant for the most part here tonight, and across this country where I'm going, where I am preaching, I am seeing some stirring of God among the remnant. And I believe that the way that things are going to turn out as far as what we are facing, that the remnant has a big part in this. Don't give up. There's no place to quit. Somebody said it's over. No, it's not over. I said last night, I think, I preached in a church in Georgia at Maranatha down there on 225, and I preached three nights, and I thought God showed me somebody was lost in that. You know, we got a lot of professions, but a lot of people sitting on church pews tonight, and they just don't know the Lord. I felt like God showed me the preacher's wife was lost, and he called me last Monday morning and said, my wife got saved Sunday morning. I was praying that God would save her. I got in Calvary after going up to Pennsylvania and preaching for a week, and I got back, and I was kind of stirred up that morning, and I was just going to say a word. Next thing I know, I said a few more words, and God turned things around. The next thing I know, two people came, one young lady 20 years of age, another 15 years of age, and they got born of the Spirit. Praise God, I like to brag on the new birth. I like to brag on Jesus. I like to brag on the fact that he can send revival. Well, I've just give up on it. You better not give up on it. He hasn't give up on us. We need to press on in. He's addressing us. And I believe Second Chronicles 7.14. I'm not going to preach that, but I don't think. But uh, I believe Second Chronicles 7.14 is just as much for us tonight as it was for the Jew. Well, Dr. So-and-so, and he probably knows a lot more about a lot of things than I do, but he don't know more about some things than I do. I do not believe that he's just talking to the Jew. And I know that we're earthly people. We're heavenly people, and we just need to press on. No place to look back, and I bless him. This is the way we've been doing it since I've been here. And uh, God's just, you know, he has refreshed us. You ever need refreshing? Well, I need to be refreshed 
often. He's been refreshing me down there where I'm staying. Praise God, I've had a good time. I went out to, you know, I went home with a preacher and, and his wife fixed a good meal yesterday. And they went, we'd come by last night and I went through there and, and eat another good meal. And they come by today and picked me up and took me and got me a steak. And I said, would you all like to adopt me? <laughs> his wife said, well, the bed we got will fit you. All right, let's go. All right, watch this. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. That's what's happened to our churches. They've been, they've been overthrown in their life as far as some of them are saved. Some folks know the Lord that's not serving God. And we need revival for them. They need to have a spiritual awakening. God needs to wake them. And these that are lost, they're dead in their trespasses and they're dead in their sin. And the only thing that's going to ever wake them up is the true gospel of the Bible and the power of the Holy Ghost. There are three doctrines, or two doctrines especially, or maybe three, that we're living in this day that's hated greatly. And maybe this is the way God wants me to go. I preach this song. Number one, they hate the gospel. There is no gospel that does not begin with Jesus. That does not begin with God. That does not begin with the work of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost of God, if he ever sits down on their soul out there, and God really deals with them. They'll know that they've met God. I made that right profession when I was 10 because I was trying to save myself. You cannot save yourself. There's only one that can save you, and that is Jesus. And when he works on you, he begins by working through the third person in the Godhead called the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And when he gets a hold of you, you'll know you've met someone you'd never met before. He met me over there that night by where Sister Jolene sitting by my grandmother. And when he talked to me, I wasn't even saved, but I understood that I was in trouble with God. But it felt pretty good because I believed I was going to find him that night. But you know what? He found me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Pass the ammunition. I'm a country boy. All right, watch it. Watch it so he convicts you. And then once he convicts people of sin, he draws them to Jesus. Now you can come down here and go to the altar, and that's a good place to get saved. But that carpet and that altar bench will not save you. You have to come to Jesus, and the Spirit of God will bring you to Jesus. He draws you to Jesus. And then, you know, we got too many people today that don't believe in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But if he, if you've never been brought to the Lord, you're lost. I don't care how many soul winners told you you're saved. I put it this way. I believe in Lordship. In fact, if you don't believe in Lordship, 
You're not in the ship. But if you're in the ship of Zion, you'll be all right. And you'll get to all right. God's not giving up on us. We are not to give up on him. He's as good as he's ever been to me. In fact, I think he's better than he's ever been to me. Closer I get home, the better it gets. But that's not where we start. That's not where we stop. That's where we start. You've got to come to Jesus. Somebody said, I don't know how to come. Listen to the Holy Ghost and listen to the Word of God. You'll be all right. Well, I don't know how to pray. You'll know how to pray. He'll help you pray. You know, I don't believe you ought to pray a sinner's prayer for the sinner. I think the sinner ought to pray his own prayer. So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I think I'm going a different way. All right, what's this? Okay. So what happens next? I'm going to preach a doctrine right now that they say it, if you preach this that I'm about to preach, they say that you're preaching work salvation. You're preaching a work salvation. Well, I am in one sense, and the sense is that God's doing the work. When the Spirit of God and the Word of God brings you to Jesus, then, and you know He's working, you know what you do? You realize you're a terrible sinner, and you begin to fall out with sin, just like Jesus hates sin, you hate sin, and God Almighty in His mighty power gives to you the ability to repent. And without repentance, there is no salvation. John the Baptist preached repentance. Jesus preached repentance. The disciples preached repentance. Paul preached repentance. I can't name them all, but anybody that's ever been right preached repentance. I'll cover it all on it. We need, men need to repent. You know, a lot of church people, they need to repent. We don't give up on God. They don't believe in heaven about it. Now, if this is not dead and it's worse than last year's burden, I don't know what it is, but you know what? When a man says that you can't have revival, I, don't, I believe he's in unbelief. If you don't believe you can have revival, I believe you're in, in unbelief. I believe that with all my heart. Now, this is what they're saying. But this is where the disciples were. Now look at this. They didn't want to suffer no more. All that stuff was going on around them. They thought Jesus was going to come in and straighten it out down here. Now the difference in the New Testament church in a lot of places, and some of them are good people. Good people, I preach to them. They're good people. You know what they believe? They believe that they're sitting there waiting for the Lord to come. And that's a good thing to do is to look for the Lord to come and you know what their next statement is? Because they made it to me a number of times, and he's going to get us out of this mess. Even if the church repents with the condition, and I'll begin with the first thing, the condition that the homes of this country is in, the condition that our churches are in, because... Your church is never no better than your homes. That's the first institution. And maybe I should have said this one second, when the devil takes over the government like he has basically done right now, and thank God for all the men and women and all of you that are praying. 
This nation, I believe in good government, but I do not believe in all this corruption. I'm going to make a statement, and somebody's going to say, well, now he's talking about politics. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about the Bible. I'm talking about the red, white, and blue. I'm talking about America, that people shed their blood and suffered and were wounded and everything else. And if you want to accuse me of that, just get in line. That'll be all right. I want to be careful. But I'm telling you, folks, I have a great concern. I believe it's all right for me to lay this out. I have a great concern for our country. I have a great concern for our children. I have a great concern, young people. I have a great concern for you. Oh, I hope you, if you don't know Jesus, you will all come to know him, young or old. Because if something doesn't happen in this country, between now and 2024, so we can change some leadership, I'm telling you, we are probably going under the fist. Now, if, and a lot of people say this before that happens, that the Lord's going to come and get us out of this mess, they call it. Is it all right to preach? Is, is that all right to be preached? I think we need to warn people. If we have ever been on our knees, we ought to be on our knees. Amen. Pastor David knows this, and brother, uh, the pastor knows this, that I always preached, if the church is going forward, she'll go forward on her knees and believe in the Word of God. If we don't believe the Word of God enough to pray, and we don't believe the Word of God to keep on evangelizing, and we don't believe the word of God enough to pray for revival. We have gone to sleep and we've denied the Bible. And unbelief in our lives has really, really crippled the work of God in our local churches. But it is so good when you can get in a church that you feel like the pastor and you feel like the people of that church believes that God's in charge and that he's on his throne and Jesus is not dead because he rose on the third day and he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's living in you and me by the power of the Holy Ghost and I'm telling you he is able to send revival. He can shake Washington, D.C. He can shake Atlanta, Georgia and shake this whole country up. I tell you, we need the power of God to fall on us and fall our churches across this country that God will touch these sinners. Hallelujah. I'm kind of stirred up, but I'm not mad at nobody but the devil in the world. And I believe that's all right. I'm angry with the way Satan is doing. We'll brag on him more than do the Lord. He's not, he can't do nothing unless God permits him to anyway. Of course, if you, cho if you choose to go down the road and you want to go his way, well, God will just let you go. He, God will tell you the difference, but you've got choices. You've got a choice tonight. I've got a choice tonight. We all got a choice. And I didn't finish that gospel message there. Repentance and faith. Faith in the risen Christ. For Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. 
for by grace. That's the unmerited. We don't merit any favor. But God so loved us. Oh, the love of Jesus. Oh, how he loves you if you're lost. Oh, how he loves you if you're saved. Somebody said, if you want revival, just get as much in love with Jesus as you can. And then go to Jesus and tell him you want him to send revival. That's pretty good. That'd be a good start. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. When God gives you faith... I'm going to tell you, you don't need two birds in one hand. You've got what you need. If you believe something and you prayed it in the Holy Ghost, go on, it'll happen. Problem is, we pray, but I'm afraid. Don't tell anybody that I've probably been this way sometime. But I'm afraid a lot of time we're praying about something, even revival, and we don't even believe God can send it. When you get to doing that, you know what, and I get to doing that, we need to get in the Word and we say, we need to pray, Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, help my unbelief. What, you know reason people are leaving churches? They haven't, even some of them are saved, they forgot their Bible, they forgot to pray, they forgot to walk with God and let God walk with them. They forgot the fact that God has put the Holy Spirit in them and they need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and need to be filled with this Word and they need to obey it. And I'll tell you, you can't knock them out. But we're in such a mess now, and the people we're dealing with and their minds are so messed up. I mean, they're filled with everything. That it's like when you're preaching, it's like that you're taking a dull knife and you're trying to cut iron with it. So what are you telling us, preacher? I'm telling you that it's going to take a broken heart and a contrite spirit, which means a crushed spirit. When God crushes you, that you cannot hold back the tears. When that child of yours or that grandchild of yours, somebody that you love that you die for, and you're crushed, you'll never be any closer to God. And when we get here, folks, and I beg you, please, as Paul would say, I mean, get serious about this gets real serious about the fact that we are going to have to go as far as possible that we can and put it all in Jesus' hand. I believe that you read the Word and you ask God to help you believe it. I believe then you get on your knees, if you can, you get on your knees, God, you get on your knees in your heart, God knows where you are. But they some of the stuff so bad that the only way that it's going to happen is through fasting and prayer. Them disciples could not cast them demons out, could they? Preacher, I pray for them. Yes, but are you really interceding? Are you really, am I really broken? Am I really as close God's you say, well, God seems so far off. He's right here. I like this part of it. God's in me, and he's not only in me, but he's, he's over me. 
That's what he said in the book. He's upon me. When I preach and he anoints me, he's not only in me, he's upon me. And if you're a Christian and you're praying and then start flowing and you start talking to somebody about Jesus, you may have a picture, but God's upon you. Praise God for a praying grandmother. I had an old-fashioned Holy Ghost feel, praying, believing God's man could do anything if God was with him. She prayed us in. My mother prayed us in. You're going to have to pray them in. If they get in, you're going to... If they get in, uh, brother... Brethren and sisters, if they get in, we're going to have to pray them in. Now, God's the one that does the work. I don't, you want to, I don't want you to misunderstand me, but I have a responsibility and I have accountability. And you do too. While these ladies at home, you know, you may think you're not doing nothing. You may be the greatest prayer warrior that this church got. I believe, you know, I believe a lot of older people, they feel like they're not, they're not worth anything. And they sit at home and, you know, and they're lonely and all that. But I'm telling you, I believe they're some of the greatest prayer wars we got in our churches. I believe we ought to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I hope I have a, I mean, give you a, any flesh out of me. I'm really in this meeting. I'm in this meeting, teeth and toenails and heart and soul and everything I've got. I want God to do something. I was preaching back up in the mountains, Oakdale, Tennessee, up there in the mountains and country folks. I like country folks. I'm kind of like Vance Hafner about that. He said, man made the city and God made the country. He loved the country. I like it down here. It's not going to take much encouragement. I'm just going to move. All right, let's move. That's not the truth. Okay, let's move on. Oh, me. Can I plead with you? Folks, one of the greatest dangers we got in this meeting, you know what it is? Things is not maybe... All we know is God's here. We know God's wanting to send revival. Do you think God would tease us about this meeting? When God gets ready for a church to do something, it's God's church. He begins to put it in that preacher's heart. And then he begins to put it in the elder's heart and the women's heart. And as they go together, I will guarantee you from the Word of God, something's going to take place, and it's not going to be good. Bad, it's going to be good. I believe with all my soul we've been praying. Several weeks up Calvary, we hadn't said nobody saved in a long while. On Sunday morning, praise God, he brought them in. Now, this may not happen to you, but one of the men told me today, he said, God sent us ten visitors Sunday. Now, I don't know if we can help them or not, but we're going to give them the Word of God. What I'm saying about this, and I started, because it really bothers me, I think, in the right way in this 10th chapter. The thing that bothers me about it is, is I think we're misleading people if we say that we can't have revival. Is that right? Is that what the Bible said? Revival is a refreshing from God. Now, this is what, this is, and I'm going to another message. I might be like, no, I won't say that because I don't deserve that. I was about to say something. 
I've known men preach two messages in one night, and I've heard some of them preach every message they had. That may be what I'm trying to do. Uh, but um, I, I want to tell you something, folks. When I looked at this all this afternoon, the same principle that happened in Egypt is the same principle that we've got in the church today. It's identical. They were in Egypt. They were lost. God had brought them out. Brought them across the Red Sea. They were redeemed by the blood of Christ. Future coming. And power. He led them across in the wilderness and they mumbled and complained. I was going to read that. And then he got them across and they came to Kadesh And God wanted them to go on into the land of milk and honey. The land of Canaan is not a type of heaven. The land of Canaan is a type of the spirit field, spirit control, and spirit-directed life. And if you stop short of being filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not going to have the power that you need to do God's work. When you get born again, the Spirit of God indwells you. He comes and indwells you, and he gives that to you. You can't earn it. You come to Christ, and he gives it to you. He puts you born into the family of God. All of that is just coming to him. He does it all. But once you get there, if you quit and say, I'm all right, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to live what I want to. You might not have got what some of us got. But a lot of people did get saved, but they do not realize that there is a must of the filling of the Word of God and the filling of the Spirit of God to do service. Now, there's people sitting here right now. I'd say, I'm not your judge. There's people sitting here right now in this service. You believe that you can be filled with the Spirit. You, you would not. If a preacher preached it, I preach it, anybody preach it. You believe that's so. But I want to ask you a question. Somebody said, now, here it comes. I don't believe in them experiences. You don't ever believe in experience. You never have had one. Maybe. You like that? Think about that. I believe a lot of people believe it. They would not ever fight you or me if we preach on you and be filled with the Spirit. I just don't think they've ever moved in there and died to self and put everything on the altar to the point God brings them. I'm, that's what I've been praying for in this meeting. I don't know where you are, but I'm praying in this meeting that God, if you believe, do you really believe you can be filled? Do you really believe that God wants you to be filled with the Spirit of God? Do you believe that the preacher can be filled and the deacon can be filled, but you don't believe that the woman can be filled that washes the dishes and cooks the bread? You're wrong. I've seen Spirit-filled women do a lot more than a lot of preachers, especially if they're not Spirit-filled. I'm a rambling wreck, but I'm close to Georgia Tech. Okay. Are you getting it? Are we getting it? Do you really know the Lord? I've been in it. I really enjoyed this church. I left my watch at home, and they don't have a clock. And they said if they had a clock, 
Well, Tommy wouldn't pay no mind to it anyway, so why don't you just put one up? But it's not late. But it's really late. I need to read this. Maybe this is where God wants us to close. I'm not sure. I'm in Ephesians 5, and I'm going to go back up to verse 15. You see, if you'd really get in this Ephesian book, the first three chapters, tells you what you have in Christ, the wealth. Now, that'll help you know what you have. And then when you get to chapter 4 of Ephesians, he begins to deal with separation, consecration. That's what the old timers, they didn't, some of them were not educated like a lot of the boys now. And they believe that when they say he's consecrated or she's consecrated, it really meant they're filled with the Holy Ghost. You go by their house and knock on their door and, and grandmother come to the door a lot of times with her tears running down her cheeks. That's what we need in the men and that's what we need in the women. We're going to have to crawl back a little bit at a time maybe. Is this making sense? With as hard as things is, nothing can break it but God. See, we, are, we have been programmed in our churches for the last 50 years that man can do anything and we put God on the shelf. There's nothing that God can't do. That's right. Isn't that right? Nothing that God can't do. And I'll tell you something else. There's not many things that a church cannot do if they know God and they believe God and they walk with God. I've seen God blow through churches as down to nothing. He did where I got born again out there. I don't know where anybody was praying other than my grandmother Bearden or not. Now, it makes a lot of people nervous when God gets around. And it kind of made me a little bit nervous, Brother Leon. And I sat there on pew three, and, grand, and I sat in there with Granny Beard, and I watched her. See, we need to have enough God in us that somebody see that we got God. They didn't know what had happened to them disciples, but they said, they one thing about it, they may be ignorant and unlearned, but they've been with Jesus. So let's just get them out of town if we possibly can. That's what people need to see. And you know, they didn't have electricity in those days. But boy, them old ladies, they were clean. They'd keep everything washed. And, they, and when they went to church, they'd iron that little handkerchief in his white. And you could just see it sparkling. Granny Bearden would always have her little handkerchief in her hand. And she'd be sitting there. And she's like Hannah in the Old Testament. And you'd watch her. I mean, I watched her because I, I done kind of got used to it. And she'd begin to move her mouth a little bit. Girls, she'd begin to move her mouth. Sonny boy, she'd begin, I mean, young man, uh, she began to move her mouth when she did that. And, and she began to twist that handkerchief. Oh, I'm telling you, when she did that, I'm going to tell you, your business was about to pick up. <laughs> well, I don't believe in that stuff. If you'd have ever seen her, you would have. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> God, she'd do it like that. And all of a sudden, she'd say, Woo! Praise the Lord! 
you what she do? She grab, she go around in the church and she say, "Praise the Lord, praise the Lord." Then she'd come back to me, and you know what she'd say? She'd look me right in my eyes and said, "Ray, son, I wish you had what I've got." I'm, that's what they need to see again in some of us. We need to see what somebody's got that's got them through everything. I hope the fire of God falls around here and we all fall on our face weeping before God that he had sent us revival. Don't you, sister? You'd like to see that happen. Been a long time, hasn't it? We've seen much of that. That's what's wrong with us. We've already figured out how we can do it without him. And it looks pretty good. Just make us comfortable. Don't tell us there's nothing wrong. We'll be all right. And I'll tell you what, just sing them songs that makes us feel good. Don't ever preach against sin. If you do, you'll upset somebody that's given quite a bit of money. Well, let them take it on the devil and use it. We'll be all right. We're not, I'm not starving. I don't know what I've done, but I've just blowed the meeting apart. I'm telling you, God just helping me, preacher. Praise God, isn't it good to know him? Hallelujah. Do you know what I'm talking about? You've been there, huh? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Don't you? That's what I'm praying we'll see, sister. They're supposed to have me on, I think, where somebody can hear me. I bet they can't catch me. Praise the Lord. You know, when you get down to pray, don't have your list. I'll help you right here if you listen. When you get down to pray, you get down the first thing and you praise the Lord. Lord, I just want to praise you. I'm still here today. I get sometimes, you know, I'm there at the house by myself. Best company you'll ever have is Jesus. I really miss my wife. And I wish she was back in some way, but I'm glad she's glory and no more suffering. But I'm going to tell you, it's so good. I'll just begin to thank him. And then after I thank him, I honor him. And I say, Lord, I honor you. You're my God. I, I reach the point I worship him. I said, Lord, I bite your knees. Lord, I can't get as low as I feel like I need to. But I want to... I want to give you some thanks now. And I started giving him thanks. And then I started giving him praise. And the next thing you know, I've done caught up in it. Somebody, what, what are you talking about? If you ever get caught up in the glory one time, you'll never, never want to miss it again. Is this foolish? If you read the psalm, I mean, the the. Ephesians I'm about to read, you'll find out the people that's foolish is people that don't believe this. And then what God does is he begins as you move on. You, you know, you move on with the Lord. Then he begins to bring somebody to your heart that you need to pray for. And when you get there, you're praying in the Holy Ghost. And when you're praying in the Holy Ghost... You don't ever have to wonder, is it getting there or not? It's going. And I tell you what, he knows what. God knows the Holy, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost works together. 
And when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost and God's got me praying, I know I'm praying in the will of God. So when he gives me peace that I've reached his throne, he saves them. I want to tell you something. I've done stirred up and took too much time. And you done lost sleep anyway. Just well to go ahead and finish it. Brother Plemons, our pastor now, he's over at that little church where he came to leave us at Calvary. And Brother Plemons called me and he said, Brother Ray, I wish you'd come over and help us. He said, God's helping us and we need you to help us pray. Help us in our meeting. I went over there. There's a lady in our church. She's a godly woman. Had two children. She had a husband. He is a real hard worker. But he allowed himself to get into drugs and alcohol. Boy, that's destroying our country. She stayed with him, and she was faithful and them kids to church. We was back there in that prayer room, just about like we were. We was calling on God that night. And it might sound foolish, but God told me he's going to say Jimmy Davis. We got through praying. I got up and I said, God told me he's going to say Jimmy Davis. Somebody said, well, I know it's going to happen. Why didn't we tell it before it happened? That meeting went on. But see, it was already done in heaven. Jimmy didn't get saved. So they over at Calvary now. And I'm pastoring. Brother Plymouth is there, but I was pastoring. Had Brother Billy Mitchell. He came, you know, Billy preached that old gospel boy. He preached that gospel. He's preaching that night. And every night, Jimmy came. Debbie sat right over there. And Jimmy comes, sit down with him. Service went on. This particular night, I think Brother Mitchell said, You know when you're going to get right with God when you get honest with yourself and God? And he said another thing, you're going to get right with God when you take sides with God against yourself. He gave the invitation that night. And he didn't pull hard or nothing, didn't have to. Jimmy got up, come down to the altar, and I when they go to the altar, I let them pray. I can't save them. I'll, I'll pray with them. I'm not going to fool with them. If I preach like I have tonight and somebody come to the altar, I'm not going to stick a Bible on their nose. God's already doing his work. Isn't that right? And I gave him time praying. He got through praying. I said, Jim, Jimmy, what would you come for? He said, Brother Ray, I come to get saved. I said, well, what's happened? He said, well, the Bible said if I'd call on the Lord and asked him to save me and believe he'd save me, he'd save me and said, I don't know nothing else to do. He got up and went back to his seat and he don't ever miss. You have a prayer meeting, he'll be there. He's, unless he's having to, he's sick or something, he will be there. That's just been about 15 years. You see, what I'm telling you is, when you've got a loved one and you put that at the throne, you'd be surprised what God can tell you about everything. Who other than God that let me know I preached on the new birth down there? That little church and that preacher's wife got saved. Well, I hope you got something. I could understand it. You know, I, I'm just, I just come here and you can figure it out. <laughs> Come on, brother, tell me. God bless you. I'm done.